Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to Spirits Podcast, Episode 9, Norse Mythology 101. Julia, tell us about what we're going to learn today. We are going to do a brief, and when I say brief, I mean it's going to be like a a lot of information, but it's only going to skim the surface of Norse mythology. It's actually one that I wasn't too familiar with. I had to do a lot of research for this episode, and, you know, still my information might be a little wonky, but it's going to be jam-packed of, like, weird stories, gods of weird things. Avengers references. A lot of Avengers references. Yeah, we've hit the Greeks, we've hit the Egyptians, we've hit the, you know, the, the Celtic. The we've gone Mesopotamia, which is close to Egypt. <laughs> right, um, but we've hit lots of major mythology systems um, and, and traditions, but not yet the Norse. It seemed like the appropriate time. Good. Well, we're excited for it. Uh, thank you so much to those of you who have reviewed us on iTunes. Uh, we made the new and noteworthy section, which really makes us happy, um, who have followed us on Twitter, who have interacted with us. We really, really love hearing from you. And tweet at us. We'd love to hear from you. We love to make new uh, friends new and followers, new connections. All of it. What are we drinking tonight, Amanda? We're drinking mead. Yes, we are. Uh, true story. I ran into Dylan Sprouse over the weekend. I'm still like, <laughs> I'm still overwhelmed by this story. Dylan Sprouse, a former Disney childhood star. Uh, and, the sweet life of Zach and Cody. And current NYU grad, uh, my alma mater, who is opening uh, New York's first mead distillery. Distillery, which is and insane. so until we have that home brewed indie mead to drink, we are simply drinking some store bought mead. Uh, but it is f- f- delicious. Uh, slash a little bit sweet. I'm drinking it over ice like you would champagne if it's a little bit too sweet for you. That's Hello. my my preferred champagne drinking method. Um, but it is quite on brand for this Norse mythology 101 episode coming at you right now. So we're going to break it down real quick. Norse mythology 101 session. Um, I know nothing except for Loki and Thor. Okay. And, Bring it. And even then, you probably don't know as much as you think you know. I'm sure I know nothing. <laughs> um, so when we're talking about Norse mythology, we're talking about the religion that uh, it, it extended through Germany, Scandinavia, and then like parts of England, uh, all the way up until the Dark Ages. Cool. So Northwestern Europe, right? Yes. Scandinavia, etc. Uh, so... Starting with kind of the origin story, um, it involves the god Odin, who we're going to talk about in a second, but he's basically like the king of the gods, Zeus-esque character. Um, Name I've heard before. Yeah. Um, So he and his brothers uh, kill this giant called Ymir. Okay. um, And from his body, they create the Nine Realms. Okay, that I also heard of yes. in the adventures. Yes, of course, the nine realms, <laughs> the nine, wor- the nine like universes. Right. Uh, yeah. It's not even universes. It's kind of it's worlds. It's and oh, they're okay. all part of this giant planets or like dimensions. Uh, dimensions was probably more appropriate. Okay. Um, it's like different universes in parallel. Right. Almost. Okay. Uh, they're all kind of 
interconnected because they're all part of this giant world tree called Yggdrasil. Huh. Um, which that was a great pronunciation. That was really good. Go you. You know how I know how to pronounce that? How? Um, I watched an episode of QI with Stephen Fry. Great. And he like makes a point of saying like, (laughs) I'm like, that's how you say it. (laughs) Thank you, Stephen Fry. I don't need to know anything else other than that's how you pronounce Yggdrasil. Stephen Fry found to be a guest. Get in touch. (laughs) So from the body of the giant Ymir, um, his blood makes the seas on all the planets. Cool. Uh, His skin makes the ground. Makes sense. Uh, and then his skull makes the heavens, like the dome in which the sky oh, okay. is Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. So that's pretty cool. Um, they help, Odin and his brothers, they help shape the first mortals. Um, All right. A man, which they make out of an ash tree. Ash trees, pretty. Okay, yeah. I get it. Uh, and then the woman they make out of a vine. Okay. Okay. So important things to know before we go into like who the gods are and kind of from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about Yggdrasil. It is a mythical tree. It's usually an ash tree, which is kind of interesting when you look at the uh, back and forth between the fact that the first man was created out of an ash tree and right. the universe is created out of an ash tree. So like man is the most essential distillation of like the universe. Sure. That that seems kind of right. Makes sense. Patriarchy. Yeah. <laughs> It's nine worlds. Okay. They're all inhabited by different kinds of creatures. Interesting that it's not seven worlds. Yes, because seven's usually a pretty big mystical number. Right. Instead, it's nine. Right. Um, So the most important ones uh, that we're going to talk about are Asgard. Okay. Which is the world of the gods. That's what I've heard of before. Yes. Midgard. Is that Earth? And Midgard. Yes! Good job, Amanda. Yes! I've read enough Avengers fan fiction (laughs) to understand Asgard and Midgard. Okay, Midgard. and then, like, the other worlds aren't super important, but uh, they house creatures like giants, elves, dwarves, demons, etc. Makes super sense. Okay, awesome. Um, there's also, we should probably talk about the different levels of the underworld, because they kind of come important when we're talking about the okay. gods later on. Uh, there's Hel, mm-hmm. which is H-E-L, and is okay. also the name of the goddess who uh, controls that area. Makes sense. Uh, there's Valhalla. That I've heard of before as like a place I know from the excellent Canadian show whose name I'm forgetting right now. Uh, Lost Girl. Lost Girl yes. about like a bisexual succubus Fantastic. living in Toronto. Best. It's so good, guys. <laughs> Look it up. Um, but is Valhalla like a like a I don't know a heaven for warriors? Yes, sort of. Cool. We'll talk about that a little more. But it's a dimension of hell. We'll get there. Yeah, it's an it's an underworld. It's okay. a place people go when they die. Okay. Uh, and then uh, Folk Wagner. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll talk about those later on. They become super important. Good pronunciation. I am super in awe. Awesome. Uh, (laughs) so a thing you have to consider when I'm telling you these stories is that Norse mythology is both linear and cyclical. Great. Um, it gets a little confusing at times. Yep. Because uh, it's weird that they're both. Mm-hmm. Um, so the stories are linear, but there's a turning point where the world is destroyed and then recreated. Makes sense, though, because as relatively stable kingdoms, right, with like long traditions of rule and of royal families and of, and of democratic traditions mm-hmm. later in, in the cycle, uh, but as countries that are obviously cyclical, like everybody else, there are seasons, there's, you know, growing seasons, mm-hmm. there's generations, whatever. Like, I definitely see the way that both of those time streams could make a lot of sense in the mythology. That's kind of important to know that the world is going to end at some point and yeah. it's going to be reborn and it's probably going to end again and it's going to continue on in sure. the cycle. Very practical. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to go into that. But first, we need to know who the players are. Let's do it. Um, starting with Odin. 
Great. Odin is king Papa of the Zeus. gods. Papa Zeus. Papa Zeus. Well, Papa Zeus in that, like, his role with the gods is similar. But if we're talking about, like, what he controls in North... What he controls in Norse mythology, yeah. he's more like Athena. Really? Yeah. So he's the... What's his domain? He's the god of war and wisdom okay. and, like, a little bit of fortune telling. Okay. So, like, how future outcomes are going to go. Right. So, basically, a lot of what his character is, especially in his, like, really early stories, Mm -hmm. is that he's always, like, searching for knowledge and, like, desire. Like, he fucks a lot of ladies, but, like, he's also, like, he's using that, like, he's using his wiles in order to, like, get more information to get ahead. Okay. So, he's, he's like, a player of fortune. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So kind of to describe, like, how big, like, learning knowledge is to him is one of his, like, key stories, which is um, he goes to his uncle, uh, Mimir. Okay. um, Who is the, he's also known as the Rememberer. Mm -hmm. um, And he's in charge of guarding this thing called the Well of Knowledge. Sounds very important. Makes sense, right? (laughs) Uh, Mimir is also, like... He's the god of wisdom because he drinks from the well every morning. Okay. And it allows him to see, like, everything in the universe, past, present, future. He's got a direct line to that divine Yeah, he knows what up. Um, So... This is Odin's brother or friend? uh, Uncle. Okay. He wants in on that. Mirma's like, that's a big fucking burden. You have to prove to me that, like, you can handle this shit. Uh. And he's like, you need to sacrifice something of equal worth to me. And Odin's like, hmm. I eat, and then pops out his eye. Oh, wow. Is that why Odin has an eye patch in the Avengers? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and also why my favorite book, American Gods, which is coming out with the Star series really, really soon. It is. Also why he has a glass eye, why the character of Mr. Wednesday in American Gods right. by Neil Gaiman has a glass eye. Makes total sense. Because I guess he doesn't want to rock the eye patch as much. It's yeah, so giving up half of his literal vision for, you know, great me- metaphorical vision. Exactly. So um, he sacrifices his eye. He's allowed to drink from the well. He becomes aware of everything past, present, and future. That's a burden I don't want. Which includes <laughs> knowing that one day all of the gods are going to die in this epic battle. Wow. That's pretty heavy. Well, most of the gods are going to die in this epic battle. And the world is going to end. Wow. So he's like, well, shit. Yeah. But he, like, kind of comes to terms with it. We'll talk about that a little later. He, like, is ready for that crap by the end of it. Right. It sounds like they're kind of quite well adjusted as a culture. Like, this is cyclical. Things come and go. Um, He's also the first being outside the giants to learn the art of poetry, which is, like, very wisdom related, I guess. Yeah, poetry is how we work through big ideas that language can't even capture, you know? So the way that he, like, learns the art of poetry is, like, super weird and, like, very Greek in my opinion. Uh, He has to go into an underground cavern. He sneaks through a hole in the cavern in the shape of a snake. Great. Turns back. Shape-shifting. Turns back into human form. uh, Befriends the giant who owns this, like, potion that grants the ability to write poetry. Wow, it's a potion. Uh, Seduces his daughter. Oh, my. Of course. Uh, Then has her get the mixture while he keeps the giant distracted. Uses, or like, okay, I can't construct this pun because I'm too drunk. Oh, God. But something about using his snake and the little snake. Oh, Sneaking through the hole. (laughs) Amanda, no. I didn't even do the whole, uh. Um, 
Oh, uh, listeners, this is what you come to us for. Quality content. <laughs> so quality. <laughs> Wait, so he, why is he in this cave? I, don't, I got because confused. the giant has a potion that allows him to learn how to be a poet. <laughs> why does he want to do that? Because it sounds nice. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, so the daughter steals the potion while he keeps the giant distracted. Yes. Uh, Not with his dick, with something else. <laughs> with something else, his lo- lovely personality. Uh, sure. Um, once he has the potion, he flies back to Asgard in the form of an eagle, but not before killing the giant that oh, he no! made friends with. Uh, typical Odin. Yeah. Worst friend. Though, to be fair, he then does a super Prometheus thing where he like gives all the humans the potion and then like humans could be poets now. I mean, he got laid already, so why does so he... like, why the fuck not? He's, he's got like, no worries. everyone share the wealth with he's me. He's got no worries. He's in that post-coital bliss. <laughs> there you go, humans. Poetry. Enjoy. <laughs> so, so gods in Norse mythology um, could age. Okay. So they, they aged. Uh, one of the ways... Slowly that, or uh, normally? Normally. But the way that they would, like, rejuvenate themselves uh, normally is, like, one of the goddesses in Norse mythology had these golden apples, mm-hmm. and the gods would just eat them, and then they would, like, stay young. Convenient. Uh, Odin's like, I don't want to do that. Fuck these apples. Okay. So he picks a really, like, difficult way of staying young forever. Mm-hmm. He decides that he's going to do this, like, ritual. Okay. So what this ritual kind of is, is he stabs himself with his own spear. Oh, boy. And then hangs himself from Yggdrasil uh, for nine days. Wow. Yeah. Why nine days? Because that's the magic number in Norse mythology. Nine realms, nine days. But wait, does he die during that time? Kinda. And just his body is like hanging? Yeah. Interesting. And then, um, so when he wakes up on the ninth day. Convenient. Like, comes out of his weird death coma. Okay. Um, he becomes ageless. Okay. And he learns the secret of the magic runes. That sounds valuable. The runes are basically, like, if you've ever, I don't know if you've been to, like, a psychic medium or whatever, sometimes they have these, like, little tiles that have, like, weird symbols on them. Okay. And they're able to, like, tell the future or whatever. Okay. Um, It's another skill he teaches humans afterwards, too. Fortunately, Um, So it helps them, like see the future know what to do tell the universe tells them like what the what's the deal interesting so that's like totally his thing thanks odin a plus good work <laughs> uh and then his like two sidekicks during all this are two ravens that kind of fly around the world and bring him information okay they're called hugin which is thought and munin which is memory Okay, two important functions I of mean, the brain. Especially for like a <laughs> wisdom god, you know? Like yes. he knows all of the thoughts and all of the memories of the world because of these two birds. Yeah, this is reminding me of the two lions in front of the New York Public Library, which are named Patience and Fortitude. Oh, uh, the lions! Right. I didn't know they had names. Oh, Patience and Fortitude, I did girl. not know that. Yes! <laughs> they were on my planners throughout middle and high school. I had New York Public Library-themed agenda books. No one's surprised um, by that. Nope, no one is. Uh, and I love that that librarians, like the two virtues that they choose are patience, because it takes a long time. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ and fortitude because like research is boring and long. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good reasons. I like that. I love him. Odin, like I said, wisdom God, but also war God. Right. Didn't Um, touch on that yet. So he, 
he was like a really fabulous warrior. So like just appearing on the battlefield would strike his enemies blind, deaf, and impotent. That whoa! <laughs> it's like it was like okay, blind, deaf, impotent. Uh, uh, all right, triple threat there. So he valued courage as like a human thing more than anything. Okay, um, and that's because he knows he knows that the universe is doomed. Right. Yeah. So like courage so, in the face of that. Right. Is like pretty important. you know, uh, knowing that everything's hopeless, but, like, still fighting anyway. Right, yeah. Like, it's a big fucking deal. That shit's noble. So he wanted people to have courage no matter what. He's like, no matter what's going on, these people have to have courage. So he actually had this group of woman spirits... Mm-hmm. Called the Valkyries. Ah, uh, yes, harpy, you, you know wonderful, the Valkyries. Yes, um, like winged creature, demon things. Right. So they would go to the battlefield. They would observe battles and then uh, choose the most valiant fallen warriors to dine in Valhalla, which is a is the underworld for any warrior chosen to be courageous enough to fight on the side of Odin. So, like warrior heaven. Yeah. I'm now imagining a podcast of these Valkyries as they sit and watch and do, like, figure skating style commentary <laughs> of a battle. Excellent spear throw. Ten points. Right. Oh, no. He, like, didn't stick the landing there. Oh, uh, damn it. He's got a spear in the heart now. Right. Oh. <laughs> these fallen warriors are going to have, like, a really big role to play in Ragnarok. Which is what we're going to talk about next time. Yes. Okay. We'll talk about it later. Next, we're going to talk about your fave, the big T. Thor? Yeah. Loki's my fave fave. Oh, okay, whatever. I Thor like, is my second fave. I like the handsome blonde Chris Hemsworth, if you don't, if you don't mind I me. I get them confused. Really? Yes. Okay. The Chris's or Thor and Loki? Uh, the very Hemsworth's. Oh, okay. <laughs> Liam's the younger, less attractive one. That name immediately turns to death in my mind. <laughs> so Thor... God of storms and thunder, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a total hothead, like a super mighty fighter. Uh, he had a bunch of cool gear that made him a better fighter. Like he had like iron gloves and like a girdle that doubled his power. A suit up Ferrari. And of me. course, Mjolnir. The hammer. The hammer. The hammer. Uh, he also had like a, like it, when he rode around into battle and stuff, he had a chariot with goats that like... Awesome. Let it. And then also, like, if he got hungry, he would just kill and eat the goats. And then, like, That's awesome. And then they would just be reborn again. Wow. So, like, he had an endless cycle of goats. Transpo and also snacks. Yes. Shawarma on the go. <laughs> Shawarma oh, no! on the go! <laughs> <So> <laughs> on the goat! <laughs> You're welcome, audience. So bad. So, so bad. Um, so most of his stories kind of involve him tricking and then smashing the heads of a bunch of people in a heat of rage. Wow. There's one that involves his hammer, mm-hmm. which is also, you know, a big fucking deal because it's Thor's hammer. Right, which only the worthy can move. Um, that's a Marvel thing, actually. That's the only frame of reference I have. <laughs> okay. Anyone can really pick up the hammer. Well, not anyone, but like, you know, if and you're he- strong enough, you can pick up the hammer. Okay. But the whole he who is mighty thing, right. totally Marvel. Interesting. Yeah. Thor's hammer stolen by a giant called Theorem. Okay. Um, Theorem refuses to return the hammer, says the only way that he's going to return it is that if he's allowed to marry the goddess Freya, who's the goddess of, uh, love and beauty, 
Sounds um, like a good goddess to want to marry. Yeah. She's the goddess who, um, you know how the Valkyries take the fallen warriors who are courageous and Back shit? to Valhalla. Uh, the ones who aren't picked by the Valkyries, she controls the uh, underworld where they go. Okay. Uh, which she controls the underworld called Folk Wagner, mm-hmm. which is basically where these fallen warriors can like sit and rest and, you know, have a nice afterlife and can be peaceful. Sounds nice. Yeah, it's it's fine. You That's don't have good. to really complain too much. So being a warrior, whether or not you're extremely valiant, yeah, you still you're good. You're yeah, good. it's kind of like um, kind of like peaceful fields of hmm. niceness. Not like not like super like send me a mead kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> like Valhalla is where it's they're all tranquil. like rowdy and fighting. These guys get to yeah, just relax. It's like the nerd frat house. <laughs> the nerd frat house that is exactly right. So Freya is just like totally not interested in this uh, giant. She's mm-hmm. like, uh, fuck no, I'm not going to marry him. <laughs> um, and so Loki, who's the trickster god, yes. we'll talk about him a little bit more later, helps Thor out by suggesting he should disguise himself as Freya. Hmm. So the story, like they go to the uh, giant's realm. Uh, the story is very like, very... Little Red Riding Hood, where right. they're like, oh, your cheeks are very red for a woman. <laughs> and he's like, it's because we've been traveling. And then, like, shit like Aww. that. Um, you mean it's not my gigantic broad shoulders and <laughs> man maybe body Freya parts? Maybe very masculine. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Um, so, uh, Theorem finally is, like, ready to marry her. Hmm. So, marry her, meaning Thor. Right. Um, so... As part of the, like, proposal and, like, getting ready for marriage thing, he places the hammer down at Thor's feet, and Thor's like, ha ha, you fucking douchebag, picks it up, and then kills everyone in the room. <gasps> Whoa! Yeah, like, really intense. That's the ultimate, like, she's the man finale. <laughs> the, the movie would have been so much better if that's what actually so happened. So much better if Mjolnir shows up in the finale. <laughs> so that's Thor. He's a total hothead. Um, he's basically, like, really... Sounds like a playboy. Yeah. He sounds like a giant frat boy, and that's basically what he is. Cool. Good um, job, Hemsworth. Whichever yeah. one you are. <laughs> Pretty accurate portrayal by Hemsworth. Cool. And good directing by Kenneth Branagh. Next is Balder. Okay. Balder is the son of Odin. Mm-hmm. He is the golden child. Okay. Um, he is considered the most beautiful of the gods. Great. And he's like, it, it's never really clear what he's actually the god of. So it's kind of theorized he's a bunch of like really good things like love, peace, forgiveness, Justice, All light, good shit. etc. Oh wow! Yeah, like just a bunch everything. Of, like, everything good in the world the is opposite Balder. of all the bad shit. That's Balder. <laughs> so pretty much everyone, everywhere loves him. All the things in the realm, like really, really, are into him. Uh, but Odin, who's seen the future, knows that for whatever reason, Balder's gonna die. But he doesn't know exactly how. For some reason, he—that's not like something he knows. Oh shit. In order to make sure that Balder, like, isn't going to die anytime soon, Odin has every living thing and object uh, swear that they're never going to hurt him. Makes sense. However, the only thing that doesn't make this promise is mistletoe because no one remembered to ask it. Oh, no. I'm seeing a classic tale here where, like, the underloved and underappreciated thing. The gods are super excited about it. They're like, okay, everything promised not to hurt him. We're all good. Let's not A celebrate plus. people. Good job. Uh, they do end up celebrating oh, because no. now Balder is invulnerable. Uh, so they think. Yes. Um, and so in order to celebrate, they come up with a game, which is basically like everyone throw shit at Balder. <laughs> 
because he can't get her by it really bad. <laughs> I mean, like, if you knew, like, oh, I couldn't be hurt by anything, and your friends were like, good job, we're just going to throw all this shit at you now. I would say, please, no, let's go to Wendy's. <laughs> A plus <Good>. instead. <laughs> um, so Loki, again... Trickster God. Trickster God. Everyone's little brother. Super jealous of how popular Balder is. I bet he is. Uh, so he sets out to destroy him. Okay. Um, he finds out that Mistletoe never promised to hurt Balder. Classic Mistletoe. So the next time the gods start a game of throw shit at Balder. Oh no. Uh, Loki gives a spear carved out of Mistletoe to Balder's blind brother, Hoder. Okay. Like the god on Game of Thrones, or no, the well, it's a troll on Game E-R of Thrones. instead of O R, but yeah, oh, basically. Okay, yeah. Um, and tells him like, "Oh, this is just a regular spear." No, and it's not. Hoder's like, "Oh, awesome!" And he throws it, <gasps> and he stabs Balder right in the heart. Uh, so pierces his heart, kills him. Balder sent kills to, him, kills him. My God, it's pier- it's pierced at heart. Uh, he's a dude. I mean, he's a god, but he's still a dude. Wow. Um. Balder gets sent to the underworld hell, which is where the gods go when they die. This is like the worst thing Mistletoe's done <laughs> since like the Christmas party of 09 where I didn't kiss anybody. <laughs> it was oddly specific. Thank you for that, Amanda. You're welcome. Um, he goes to hell. The gods try and get him back. Uh, so hell promises to release him if every being in the realm cries over his death. Okay. Seems attainable. Yeah. But Loki disguises himself as a giant doesn't cry because obviously, like he's like, ha ha, I killed this Loki. motherfucker. God. And so Balder has to remain in hell. Odin finds out that Loki's behind this shit. Good. Um, Discipline your son, and, Odin. And has Loki bound in a cave, and has a poisonous, painful venom from a snake dripped on him constantly. <gasps> That's horrific. And so Loki, as you would imagine. Not gonna be super pleased about this shit. No. Yeah. I would be murderously pissed. Yes. So, Loki. Yep. Loki, usually described like really handsome, super wicked, wild. Nice. Wild. He has wild. The kind of guy you want to date in high school, but not bring home to your parents. He's a very like tall, dark, and handsome kind of dude. For sure. Like, he would maybe like have a motorcycle and black leather jacket. Oh, yes. yes. Already there. We're all into it. Uh, he's not as dorky as Tom Hiddleston makes him look. The Kanicki of the group. Yes. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> I'll give you that. Uh, he, despite his trickery, is actually like pretty good buddies with most of the gods in the Norse mythology. Okay. Uh, so he's like, he's kind of like um, Finnick O'Dare in Hunger Games. He's pretty good friends. He's he's like Finnick where he's like, he knows everyone's secrets kind of thing. Sure. Like they confide in him and shit like that for whatever reason. It's easy to confide in the trickery god. Uh, so before he was... I say with no personal experience. <laughs> <laughs> so before he was bound by Odin for the whole killing Balder thing. Okay. There, one of the last things he does is go to this feast uh, that's being thrown by the god of the sea, Ajir. Mm-hmm. Um, Loki wasn't invited to that shit. He just shows the fuck up. And so he forces his way into the hall. Everyone's like, oh, Loki, like he's he's the trickster Why god. Are you here? Uh-huh. Like, that's not cool. And so like they're having a good time. So like no one's super pleased that he's there. Um, but Loki is like, yo, there are hospitality rules. You guys have to treat me as like a fucking equal. Um, give me beer, give me bread. Yeah. And like, I'm do like, there's Odin. He and I are buddies, right? Odin. And Odin's like, eh, I Aww. guess. 
Um, so they finally let him in, but Loki's feeling snubbed right. as fuck. So he starts, like, verbally attacking all of the gods in the room, oh, like, no. letting their secrets slip, like, every, like, affair and, like, cowardly uh, moment. Um, Loki. He's telling all of their most embarrassing stories. So, like, some of the gods try and apologize. He's like, nope, fuck you. Here's the other thing Too you late. did. And then this Aww. thing. And then you fuck this other woman instead of your wife. Uh, Just and, let Loki sit at your cafeteria table, yeah. guys. And then, like, and then other ones try and attack him, but he's like comes up with like a thousand times better oh, stories Lord. for everyone this they try and stressful. use. Um, then Thor arrives. Thor's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Oh no! And like threatens him. Like he's like, "I'm gonna bash your fucking head Bodily in harm." Right. And then Loki's like, "Huh." And so he like is like scampering out of the hall, but he kind of like turns around and he's like, "Listen." This is the last feast y'all are going to be at. <gasps> and then bounces. Oh, man. Because he's like, the world is going to fucking burn. That's ominous. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So what happens? Well, next episode, <gasps> we're going to talk about Ragnarok. Is this a cliffhanger? Spirits was created by Julia Shafini and me, Amanda McLaughlin. It's edited by Eric Schneider with music by Kevin McLeod and visual design by Allison Wakeman. Subscribe to Spirits on your preferred podcast app to make sure you never miss an episode. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Tumblr at Spirits Podcast. On our Patreon page, patreon.com slash spiritspodcast, you can sign up for exclusive content like behind-the-scenes photos, audio extras, director's commentary, blooper reels, and beautiful recipe cards with custom drink and snack pairings. If you like the show, please share with your friends and leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time. <laughs>